Welcome to Ghibli Minute. Ghibli Minute. <laughs> I'm Richard Dunham. I'm Chieko Dunham. And I'm Marin Kennedy. Welcome, Marin. Thank you. Ghibli Minute is the podcast where we talk about Studio Ghibli movies, one minute at a time. Minute by minute. Or minute by minute is the way that some people like to say that. Today we're talking about uh, Minute 31. 31 of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. But before we get into that, Murren, do you want to tell us where you're from or you plug anything? Sure. I'm from Point Break Minute, where we go through the movie Point Break, minute by minute, or one minute at a time, <laughs> however you want to say it. Some people may want to say that. Okay, great. Well, thanks for joining us this week, Murren. Absolutely. I'm glad to be uh, here. Uh, as I said, this is uh, uh, this week is pretty exciting. Yeah. It's got some... Uh, but anyway, we'll get into it. Minute 31 opens with Mito asking Yupa, what is this? And it ends with Nausicaa running out of the forest where they are burying Victims? the body. Yeah, they're burying something. They're burying yeah. bodies, apparently. That's a question that we'll get into later. Yeah. Who and how many they're burying. And that, that's okay. from the, the crash the night before, right? Yes. 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 Or that yes. morning. Or the, yeah. Yes. Or, or, yes. Before, yeah. Early that morning before Early dawn. <laughs> Because it was almost dawn, as we heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think Mito, it starts out with Mito and Yupa standing in front of this big uh, katamari, this big uh, pulsing egg. Uh, And Yupa says he'd heard uh, during his travels, he had heard ominous rumors. (laughs) Yes. That one of the beasts of the old world was sleeping beneath Pajit and had been dug up. And Mito, yeah, and Mito, I forget who says, does Yupa say it first? The what? Kyoshinhei? He calls it the Kyoshinhei. And Mito's Kyoshinhei. Which basically it's three characters, giant, giant god, god warrior. warrior. So that's the giant god warrior that they're talking about. And then Mito says, uh, weren't they all destroyed in the seven days of fire? Not this one. <laughs> So that kind of, and then they show kind of a, they have a shot of the God war, the giant God warriors marching through a burning city. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a callback. So my question, weren't they the agents of the, that's what I got the impression in the beginning. Weren't they the agents of the seven days of fire? Yeah. Weren't they the, that's what I was thinking. And now they're the victims of the seven days of fire as well. Does that make sense? I don't (laughs) know. I didn't get a chance to watch the previous minutes, so I'm, I'm not super up on uh, what happened before these. Yeah, I mean, I guess they, they were set against each other or like the fires or the destruction that they set off rebounded on themselves and they were caught up in it. So they, they brought on their own destruction in a way. I guess. I guess. With what they wrought, their, their fire. You reap what be, you sow, I guess. Yeah, it's poetic, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, the... Um, I'm going to go to the manga for a second oh, here. God. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, so uh, their their story is much more developed in the manga. Like the the this god warrior that they is uh, that they dig up in Pajit uh, is born, and then it kind of imprints itself onto Nausicaa, and and it thinks that Nausicaa is its mother, and then just Whoa, records what? Nausicaa as oh. its mother. And it starts like through the rest of the manga, it starts to kind of, it starts to kind of come in more fully into consciousness. Like it's, it starts off just as like a kind of a simple baby, but then it starts yeah. to re- kind of as it, as it gets smarter, I guess, or it, it more, more awake, it starts to kind of recall more of its 
Memories. original programming, oh. I guess you would, mm. would call it. Okay. And one of the points they make was that this, these things were created not just as weapons, but as arbitrators. So it seemed like the, the people of the previous situation of civilization kind of vested them as kind of with the powers of like judge, jury and executioner. Like they put, oh. you know, maybe there was so much squabbling oh. or fighting that they said so we like need a, to have scum. A judge, jury and executioner like Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah. I guess. It's something like they that. They are the law. Said, well, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's my background on the on what right. might have. And then he says, so they, uh, mm. Yupa says, the giant god warriors were said to have all turned to stone, but a mm. single one slept in the earth for a thousand years. And then he goes on to talk about, is there anything else about the, the god warrior? Um, No, but when Yupa starts talking about their history, this music pops up that's very ominous. And it sounds like the shark, like the Jaws theme, mm-hmm. but less dramatic. Like there's like in the music of just like a cello or like a bass just like uh-huh. going through its low notes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I had a note about the music. It just sounds like classic film score almost. Like Yeah. It's That's not. How it it, yeah. Like something out of Hitchcock or something. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, Jaws for sure. Yeah. So, he, so I guess uh, Joe, he's, 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 he's like early in earlier minutes, he's been kind of, uh, we've heard the... We heard cheery music. We heard cheery music, but we've heard kind of like very 80s synth music. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess it's interesting that he's kind of switching between styles. You know, here he's going to more like, as you said, that kind of classical yeah. based music score. Yeah. And you can hear the heartbeat of the God Warrior. Does it figure in the music? Like, does it provide a tempo? To I, the music at it all? It kind of does provide a tempo. And, like, I'm listening to it right now, and I just kind of realize that, like, I heard it. Uh-huh. Like, it's very, it's very human-like, and it's, it's freaking me out. <laughs> no, I, I might, you might be talking about something else, but I remember I heard the, there are the footfalls. I thought there were the footfalls of the, the warriors. Oh, like, from were, the shot, from the, like, uh, from the scene of them, uh, or the shot of them walking through the city. Yeah, like, maybe that's a different back. thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that what it is? Are you reviewing the minute? I'm like listening to it right now, but it could be that. But to me, they uh, I, I noticed they sounded kind of like bombs falling. Like, it was very, yeah. you know, and this is all yeah. about warfare, you know, kind of looking yeah. at warfare in from a different world's perspective, kind of. There's sort of allegories for bombs or, you know, and, you know, a lot of this probably, you know, Miyazaki's stuff comes out of japan in world war Two. true yeah you know, the see all the airplanes and all that sort of stuff yeah that's a good point you know yeah. it hadn't really occurred to me like the b-29s that we've been talking about all yeah. these ships resemble are those are the planes that drop the not only the atomic bombs but yeah. also the you know the fire bombs uh, yeah. over tokyo and so forth have you guys seen the i think maybe i've mentioned this before have you guys seen like somebody did a kind of a a, a live action style short of a god warrior walking through Tokyo, like downtown Tokyo. They Whoa. took like live oh, action wow. shots of downtown Tokyo wow. and then just put like CG versions of the god warriors walking through. That's pretty sweet. Wow. Interesting. I'll have to check somewhere. that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then Yupa ta- starts talking about Tolmekia as a savage military state far to our west. Mm-hmm. So how, that, yeah. Mm. Nausicaa recognized the ships, right? Yeah. So uh, number one, why it is, if, if it's well known enough for Nausicaa to recognize it, why does Yupa have to explain it to Mito, who 
is <laughs> right. Li- Mito yeah. was able to recognize Lestelle as uh, a princess, princess of Pajit. Or Pajit. Yeah. Of, yeah. So I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's just like yeah. kind of I wondered how how aware people are of other countries and how far away they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yupa definitely seems like a very you know he's very well traveled. He's been all over, kind of. But Mito, maybe not so much. Yeah, Mito's in charge of the castle. Yes, he, so maybe his is more a uh, internal yeah. kind mm-hmm. of focus. His yeah. responsibilities. Uh, and then we we cut to Nausicaa. So she's helping two other men bury bodies. So uh, yeah, I have some questions about this uh, this this scene as well. I counted yeah. what I think are like thirteen or fourteen graves in this little uh-huh. forest here. So I noted that each grave is kind of marked by a single wooden rod. I guess that at first I thought those were all shovels, but I yeah. think those are just like grave markers, hmm. just like the little round wooden staff. They're very round. Yeah. Like the... But you I don't know if they... They'll replace uh, those with something more formal later? Maybe. Maybe. The other question I had is, are all of these graves from the crash of that morning or is this just their mm-hmm. their cemetery? And they're burying like the one or two bodies that they were ab- actually able to pull from the crash. That weren't burned to mm. ash. That weren't burned to ash. Because later this week, Yupa will say, we've just laid to rest one of your soldiers. As he's talking yeah. to the... So so that made me think about like, is, did they just bury one? Or is he... Well, maybe we'll talk about it then. But is, yeah. or is, is he bur- are they burying Lestelle only? Or... Lestelle and one other like, soldier <laughs> or just like a bunch of soldiers and he's just referring to oh you know he's speaking generally yeah yeah but they all look like pretty fresh graves yeah they look pretty fresh I don't know yeah maybe they just you just said the one because that's sort of the one of your soldiers I don't know yeah yeah if you don't have an answer I don't have an answer <laughs> <laughs> can surmise uh, yeah so then she says she, she hears again she hears something that we can't because she's so in tune with everything yes She's just that amazing. She's got a mysterious power. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just, I guy. you guys take it from here, she says, and drops her shovel. Yeah. And picks up her walking stick slash hatchet, yeah. which is lying nearby. Uh, we still I had a note about, about that, that later. I couldn't, it looks, it looked kind of like a croquet mallet. I guess it's a, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, we'll see. We see yeah. it in action in a, in a minute. We'll see it in action a couple, and we'll see, like, a, it, like it, I freeze-framed it in another minute, and uh, yeah, Ooh. I have some other notes on it, so. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that later then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then not, not a lot happens in this minute. Not too much. Yeah. So maybe we could take this, I don't know, Marin, uh, we could ask, uh, you know, what is your history with uh, Ghibli movies, and, and maybe this oh. film in particular, what was the first time yeah. you saw it? Ghibli movies in general, I definitely saw My Neighbor Totoro at a very young age, and that was one of still one of my favorite movies. Um, I yeah. love that one, and uh, so. sort of that started me on a journey of seeing other ones gradually over the years. I especially loved Spirited Away. I, I saw that in theaters when I was a teenager, and I just I just saw this one uh, this year, I believe, for the first oh, time. Oh really? Oh wow! So I, I hadn't I, I hadn't gotten around to it for a while, and. Uh, yeah, I've only seen it the one time, um, and I don't know. It, it's good. It didn't quite hit me in the same way others did, but and it's it definitely seems uh, it struck me as it's a more more adult story 
than some of the yeah. other ones. You know, it, yeah. it sort of filled, fits in with the sort of the Princess Mononoke's and others like that that have some more adult themes in them. Yeah, also more violent. Yeah, much <laughs> yeah. more violent. It's war. It's all about war, and you know, there's some there's blood and all sorts of stuff. So that, I think that kind of you know, the, a lot of the ones I'd seen are more you know center around children or yeah, they're a little yeah. fluffier. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the. It's with this one. I don't know if the, maybe that violence keeps this one from being kind of. I guess maybe it's one of the things that keeps this one from like a more being like being when the, the front, you know, the ones people see first. Yeah. yeah, being pushed more. Although you know, but Princess Mononoke was pretty heavily marketed. Like when it yeah, came out, that one's in pretty big. That was pushed yeah pretty hard. So no, I saw I uh, was telling Chico I was doing some research uh, online and, and came across an interesting article which kind of ties into current events I guess when um, uh, when they were negotiating the deal to distribute Princess Mononoke in the US they were dealing with Harvey Weinstein and mm-hmm. uh, Mi- oh, uh, Miyazaki had actually had a meeting with uh, Weinstein and Weinstein was insisting on doing a bunch of cuts the way that they had yeah. done Warriors of the Wind for this picture earlier where they had just recut it and oh, yeah. uh, like in the mid eighties and distributed like kind of a bastardized version of it. And Miyazaki held his ground. And I think it was his producer later that sent a katana, a Japanese sword to uh-huh. Harvey Weinstein with the note, no cuts. <laughs> so <laughs> That's uh, they won. Really, really awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> no cuts. No cuts. That's no quite cuts. a message to send. Yeah. That's good. He stood his ground. Mm-hmm. Anything else on this minute? Um, I'm. I feel so bad for not doing this earlier, but Mito talks a lot in this minute, so I decided to look up his voice actor, and he is voiced by Ichiro Nagai, and he has played a bunch of classic characters in some classic anime in the late '70s, early and '80s, I guess. And um, like what? Like what? He was Konaki Jiji in Gegege no Kitaro. He's Joro in Lupin the Third, the Castle of Cagliostro. Okay, who was? Which one was Joro? Joro is the servant of the evil dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a Ghibli movie. That's a. That's it's now distributed by Ghibli. Yeah, that's a Miyazaki film, and uh, he's Sid Polendina in Final Fantasy IV on the Nintendo DS. He voices Philoctetes and Hercules in the Kingdom Hearts games, like as a Japanese dub. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He voices Noah in Ewoks The Battle for Endor, who is played by <laughs> Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, the that's the awesome. Japanese dub for, the, for Ewoks The Battle for Endor. Yeah, and that's not that's... the only Star Wars uh, oh, that's, voice. That's great. That he dubs for he voices Yoda in the Empire Strike, the Empire Strikes Back, and huh. the prequels oh, and the Clone Wars that's series. Big. That is big. He voices George Wilson in Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the the live action I one think or which so. which year? I I I didn't see, I didn't catch that. But he also is the Japanese voice for Dumbledore in all the Harry Potter films. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he's John. He voices John Hammond in Jurassic Park. Oh, so he's the—that's the Richard Attenborough. Yeah. Yeah. Character. And then he voices Cosmo Spacely in the Jetsons, like the first voice, Cosmo Spacely. 
I can't remember who that is. Cosmo Spacely? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know the Jetsons well enough. Yeah. Was that like George's boss or something? I guess. Uh, he he was the first Japanese voice for Yosemite Sam in the Looney Tunes oh, series. Right on. And he's he voices Slinky Dog in the Toy Story series. Okay. So wow. That's yeah. So for the for like the yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah. Do they use in the American version? They have just one. They have Mel Blanc, the Man of a Thousand Voices. But yeah. do they do? I guess they do different voices yeah, for I different guess characters. I guess they have the different Japanese voice version. actors for huh. different characters. Because there's only one Mel Blanc. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe this guy is the Japanese Mel Blanc. I mean, although it seems like a lot of his characters are kind of yeah similar, kind of plays the old man. Yeah. Unless mm-hmm. the, I don't know what Cosmo Spacely is, but Yoda, Dumbledore, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I have. That's all you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marin, do you, you have prob- anything else for this minute? You probably already talked about this because the characters were in earlier minutes, but their mustaches are just amazing and amazing thinking about it yeah the, the they're just they cover their whole mouths and i wonder you know that must be like i mean they don't do it for all the characters but they don't have to animate their mouths as much they just make their mustaches like wiggle when they talk yeah exactly yeah, it yeah. Prob- it's probably it gives them a shortcut yeah but it's also very endearing i feel like i see a big bushy bushy mustache and i i trust that guy yeah mm-hmm. okay anything else that's all i got okay we'll end it there see you next time on ghibli minute ghibli minute Ghibli Minute.